Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. My name's Catherine Carr, and this is Relatively, the podcast all about potentially the longest relationships of your life. Karina, um, can you hear us both? Okay, now we're here. Maddie is the older sibling, tends to have to say to me, Marina, if you did that, you'd get in trouble. Like, you'd get in trouble. <laughs> and I'm always like, come on, let's push it. I'll be bringing siblings together to talk about the connections they have as adults, as well as what it was like growing up together. In this episode, we're talking to comedian Maddie Bai. We obviously grew up in quite a strange place, <laughs> but we were sort of surrounded by performers a lot. Who forms a double act with her younger sister, Marina. Our parents really encouraged us with our comedy. You know, the moment we did something funny, they would cackle, then they would film on several hundred different filming devices. But I'll also talk to them separately to get a more private take on the relationship. I think I treated Marina quite like a doll, like she was a little baby and I just made her do whatever I wanted. And (laughs) I think she did it for a long time until she realised that she was her own human and she could get me back. I was kind of a little chubby when I was younger. I looked like a little chubby American boy and I think that she enjoyed using me as a kind of punching bag. Brothers and sisters are never straightforward. Maddie and Marina's mum is the performer Ruby Wax and their dad is TV producer Ed Bai. They also have an older brother, Max. Um, We don't talk about him because we never get we never get asked about him. He's not a comedian. He's like a big nerd. The sisters perform under the stage name Siblings and have been encouraged by their parents from day one. We talk about that their mum's depression, clown school, drama school and career advice from Alan Rickman. But they started by describing what home life was like in the Wax By household. Um, Well, just nuts, yeah. (laughs) There was a lot of big personalities over all the time because also our parents' careers kind of boomed when I was around 11 and Maddie was around 14. From what I remember, it was just loud people, you know, drinking, and nothing was ever normal. I'd never, ever come down to my parents sitting pleasantly saying please and thank you. There was always maybe something on fire, a pie on the ceiling that mum attempted to cook, a thespian in the corner doing Shakespeare. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty accurate, actually. Yeah. (laughs) Tell me about being the youngest. Is that a role that you kind of fully inhabit? (laughs) Um, I mean, it's interesting. We 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 have a we've had a very unique upbringing in terms of you know uh, our family and the dynamics. And then uh, we had some nannies, and I was very young when the nannies were around. So Maddie sort of experienced that more than I did in terms of being a human. There were a lot of them. 
Um, yeah. There were probably about 16 of them in total no, growing not... up. Not at the same time. Not, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there was this one woman who lived with us for maybe like three to four years. I felt like she was kind of a sister. I think she was there at the perfect age for me. I think I was like 11 to 14 when she was there. So that age where you go to like big school and you start like growing triangle boobs and <laughs> all those weird things start happening we grew up with with lots of different people lots of different people which is really but that makes it life interesting it made it very exciting. you know sure we didn't have the parents that made the packed lunches and dropped the kids early to school we we'd never really had that but it, in a way it kind of shaped what we are we were very fortunate and not one point did we ever complain mm. but it just meant that we had a very different life to other kids that we would see where the mum would take them to you know tennis and then be at every event for all the mums to be with the mums it was it was never that or mum would show up with Rupert Everett <laughs> and <laughs> And they would be like laughing at something in the corner. But it was still, that was still fun. But it also gave us a lot of material. I, I don't know whether some of our comedy comes from some of the oh, people yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we grew up with. Because some of them were some serious characters. Yeah. Did you, did you ever mind that it wasn't, I mean, it sounds much more fun. Um, don't get me wrong. But yeah. did you ever mind, was there a corner of your heart that maybe thought, you know, a pat lunch, however boring, and someone yeah. picking me up from ballet would be quite nice. Oh, of course, I think, you know, there are, even though it was really fun, there are moments where you kind of, everybody wants what they don't uh -huh. have, yeah. I guess, in that way. So there definitely were moments. Mm. Dad was quite, I remember yeah. Dad dropping me off at my first days of school and me screaming, yeah. crying. Yeah. He was sort of <laughs> doing a bit of that. It's a nice happy memory there. Yeah, yeah. yeah just me wailing. That's wailing. when they stepped in, when we were having <laughs> breakdowns. Yeah, I agree. I think obviously there were moments where I went, well, why why hasn't mum met, you know, this person and, and where is she on sports days and stuff? I do remember that going to my friend's house once when I was really young and her mum, when we came in, her mum like had laid out loads of Pringles and little sandwiches and then just sat and was like so what's the goss and I was like what yeah. why is your mum here <laughs> yeah what is this Pringle set up sort of staring at it's them, like, like a first date away. yeah with a mum <laughs> it's so weird you've lived together your whole life right mm. yeah yeah we live together now <laughs> can you remember when she arrived Marina um I don't I the stories of my brother trying to kill me when I was born which I think is quite normal for like only child to them. There's like a new kid in town. But then I think we became really good friends because there's loads of really cute photos of me and my brother. And then my sister came and it just exploded the whole dynamic between us. And I think I treated Marina quite like a doll. She was a little baby and I just made her do whatever I wanted. And <laughs> I think she did it for a long time until she realised that she was her own human and she could get me back for all the pranks that I played on her. Yeah, well, I I was kind of a little chubby when I was younger. I looked like a little chubby American boy. And I think that she enjoyed using me as a kind of punching bag, or but not in a mean way, just finding it entertaining to sort of drag me about, throw me into certain situations. She made me 
once eat the world's spiciest crisps on a on a cruise ship and that was the first time I ever threw up (laughs) so she sort of experimented things on me oh my god it's such a distant memory but obviously for Marina it's a scarring (laughs) well it was the first time I ever vomited you know when you're an older sister or a sibling in general and you like if you taste off milk you have to get your sibling to taste it as well (laughs) I'm pretty sure that I did that and I tried the crisps and hated them and then made Marina try them so that I wasn't alone I don't even know what the flavor was paprika lemon and pumpkin pie or something it was from a ferry yeah and I was kind of chunky at the time so I would I was like a garbage disposal. <laughs> she eat anything I gave her. Yeah. If the cuttings are to be believed, you kind of bundled her onto the stage. So you perhaps haven't quite given up the bossying around. That's so true. It was me that made us do that. She like never did comedy before. I basically threw her on the stage one Edinburgh Fringe and was like, we're doing this. Whereas I'd done it before. And I remember her face being grey, completely grey. She was so petrified. So I guess I still have the power. She definitely is more of the one in charge with our comedy career. And I think if if it wasn't for her, I probably wouldn't have ended up doing it. So in that sense, yeah, she kind of drags me on and demands I have no dignity on stage. But luckily this time it worked and, you know, we got audience members instead of vomit. I've always grown up, I think, a bit more immature than Marina I guess the best way to describe it and what happened in our lives is that I ended up as an adult going to clown school for two years and Marina at the same time went to drama school for two years. So that pretty much sums us up, I think. When you were kids, did you, I mean, were you a double act? The younger two sisters with an older brother, Max, were you kind of a little unit who used to horse around together all the time? Always, yeah. I think we weirdly had it in us when we were really young. We used to go on really long um, car journeys with our parents. We would pass the time just playing loads of characters. And like when we met people, we would do their accents and just nobody we met was safe, really, from us like weirdly playing them. And so we would spend these car journeys just like making up characters and songs. Okay, sail on five and peep. Pull down with Shaq. Who, where, where, Shaq? God damn it, it's a Shaggy Shaq. We all want a fee. It's down the river. Shaq. So cold to bring. A jacket, it's a Shaggy Shaq. That's it. So <laughs> the whole point is you're not supposed to understand any of it. But um, we're basically playing two southern men who run a fishing shop. <laughs> One of the lyrics is, we all want a fee. It's down, down the, the river. river. Yeah, yeah. We're completely... <laughs> mentally troubled and <laughs> we're wearing fake teeth and the whole point is people aren't really no meant sense. to understand what that is but. we do it all the time i think to escape into humor i think it's really stuck with us from when we were little we won't do you i promise <laughs> um, but, i would be highly but, flattered if you didn't <laughs> one of the best reviews we ever got was our first year of doing it or maybe it was the second but we did this little sketch in a night in brighton a like late night rowdy cabaret Mm. and someone wrote about it and they said oh siblings they came on and then I thought oh god here's another like sketch we were playing two Australians like welcome to channel four haunted houses and then it suddenly takes this turn where like we're just 
I can't filth. Know what filth. It just becomes filth, filth absurdity, death, murder, mm. everything mm. happens. And he was, I was so surprised about this twist. Mm. Maddie, as the older sibling, tends to have to say to me, Marina, if you did that, you'd get in trouble. And I'm always like, come on, let's push it. And I reckon if Maddie didn't take control, we would be in prison. So. <laughs> That's that's a classic example of an older sibling going, even in the anarchy, saying, you can't do that. Pull it back. Pull it back, yeah. And I think that as well, our dad really inspired that. You know, he's worked with some great comedians who are just completely, like Rick Mail and French and, French and Saunders, and he did Bottom and stuff like that. So we also grew up watching all of that. A lot of that shaped it as well. You know, throwing yourself downstairs on fire and... <laughs> falling through ceilings. We love that stuff. Yeah. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. And so where does this confidence come from? Is it like DNA from your mum and your dad? Because your mum's a performer, so she must have something in her makeup that gives her confidence on stage. Or is the fact that you perform together as siblings do you get your confidence from that kind of safety I think it's a mixture of both I think we obviously grew up in quite a strange place but we were sort of surrounded by performers a lot our parents really encouraged us you know the moment we did something funny they would cackle then they would film on several hundred different filming devices Mm. so we got inspired I think from a really young age to be Mm. like silly and being around people who are just really free so we had that and then I do think it has something to do with being together on stage because even now the idea I mean I really want to try it one day but the idea of being on my own I have so much respect for people who just go on stage do it themselves and then go back to their dressing room on their own yeah yeah just just that alone is so frightening also I think Maddie and I are quite good at failing Maddie learned in clown school for a year how to fail and two years (laughs) and I just know how to fail because I want to be an actor so that's that (laughs) We're just quite tough in that way anyway. And I remember Maddie, I remember we did our, one of our first gigs and I said, oh my God, that audience, none of them have a sense of humour. What were they expecting to see? You know, And Maddie was the one that said to me, never, ever blame an audience ever because it's got nothing to do with them. And I remember I got so angry, but then I slowly realised that, oh yeah, you can never do that. It's, not, it's never the audience's fault. She's taught me things that I didn't know, and perhaps I've taught her some things that she didn't know. Uh, Maybe like projection. Projection. (laughs) Consonant. (laughs) Also, you've got to have a little bit of chutzpah when you're 
on the stage and we can control the most obnoxiously rowdy crowds because we're not I don't think we're scared of it knowing we're side by side and I wonder as well having those parents gives you an innate sense of value in being an entertainer whereas if you were the you know two daughters of an insurance salesman and a I don't know a district nurse they might find it hard to give you confidence in the value of what you're about to do or the possibility that it might actually work yeah I mean it's so weird because we don't really have I don't know how to have anything to compare it to apart from our sort of strange parents I think they actually when we were younger really were like don't be a comedian (laughs) because I think it is such it's such a tough industry and you do get rejection 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 and especially with comedy there's such a nervousness about it which actually I think I might be addicted to where like one day your show could be amazing and the next day you could just completely flop yeah absolutely terrifying so I think they were like don't do it yeah um but they are actually really supportive and they're like okay well yeah. there's no stopping them because we're like grown-ups now what could you do to marina in a, you know like in a heartbeat what button could you press to really wind her up um oh that's such a good question i haven't done that in a really long time i don't know i'd have to think about it i think ultimately if I try and do it she'll probably join in and then we'd end up doing some sort of weird character I don't know how or why it happens or makes sense it must be like a sibling thing I definitely like to indulge in emotional conversation where I really like to talk in serious depth about my feelings and and I think that I think that can irritate her because she's much more I'd say private or or at least talks to her friends over me about that kind of stuff and I can see that when I prod and push a bit it tends to tends to piss her off a little bit <laughs> Marina can ask it. me about my breakup you hate it um, and she, she <laughs> disappears it's so true I just and disappear. I shout through the door well good chat Maddie yeah um, she does <laughs> <laughs> I'm a quite a lot older than you I think and grew up watching your mum on telly and finding her hilarious and then when she started to sort of go public about the troubles that she had with her mental health and stuff and as siblings when there's a trauma you can push apart from each other or you can pull together I was wondering what happened to your sibling dynamic during those years Hmm. I think it started when I think I was like 13 or something so I don't really recall what we were doing I definitely I don't, we all come together as a family yeah I think it was more our dad who kind of led the way with all of that stuff and sort of took control Maddie was you know much older and doing rebellious things and I was just like this piece of cotton wool and then obviously it just became a very normal thing for us and it's kind of celebrated now because she's a spokeswoman for mental illness so we it's never really been something very traumatic for us I mean it would have been when we were younger but then you know that's when dad would say you know this is normal and you know you don't need to freak out and stuff like that yeah and I think that there's like positives in it obviously it's such like a horrible thing but there's positives in it in the sense that we grew up there was no taboo words about mental health in our upbringing and that's like really part of our personalities we talk about mental health so much yeah growing up that it just became like what are we having for dinner would be the same conversation as like talking about mental health Mm. and then for our mum to sort of 
create a show as being like a comedian and talking about mental health and mm. her experience in a way that was like funny and also really easy to understand rather than like a science book I thought was quite like revolutionary and then and, also uh, like I, I struggle from anxiety I and uh and had to you know go on meds and stuff for that and and uh, had had mum not been so in involved in this whole world I would have honestly not known what to do and uh, you know but I just literally called her and said what do I do and she said this this and this so the rare example of one of her children actually having a mental health problem it it was incredibly handy in that uh, circumstance. I think the way you described her as revolutionary is so true because now especially Mm. during this year we've become much more um, aware and much more sensitive and much kinder about mental health but when your mum was going through it and I was younger that was not the case people were not kind and understanding so what she did was extraordinary really and helping you with your anxiety is just an extension of that she really pushed it on yeah and it's and I think it's amazing because you see in the last couple of years in Edinburgh especially comedy shows have changed so much like Hannah Gatsby's show Mm. um, which won best comedy now it's being talked about in this quite strange place which is stand-up comedy Mm. I find that so interesting and like so intriguing that people are using comedy to talk about something that actually every single person I think is dealing with and or is like dealing with a family member or a friend or something. And be. the darkest things in life can can always be easily expressed through comedy, you know. People always make jokes in the darkest of times because it's like, well, there's only one way to get out of this feeling and it's up. So comedy really helps. Comedy really, really helps with that. And finally, is it true that um, it wasn't just your parents that encouraged you uh, into comedy, but also your godfather, Alan Rickman, had something to do with it? Yeah, I was so incredibly lucky to have that man as my godfather. I mean, not Mm. only is he sort of like the world genius, but he was heavily in our lives. I mean, as a a grown-up especially. And he took me to play one night and then we went for dinner afterwards with all his sort of really luxurious friends. And I was the only kind of kid at the table and I felt very cool. And then um, he... He said, you know, what are you going to do with your future? I was working in PR at the time and I really enjoyed it, but I was like really early 20s, I was like 22 or something. And I said, well, there's this clown school that I found. And then they all started going around the table and said, like, these are really like amazing actors and like Mm. writers. And they're all going around the table saying like what they regretted not doing when they were younger and they'd come across a similar thing and didn't do it. Mm. And they were all banging on the table saying, do it, do it. (laughs) all led by yeah. Alan and he was like I've seen this man you have to go and then whenever I was scared or like I couldn't get on the train to go there I would call him and he'd be like get on the train he just knew that that was Your what calling. I had to do yeah. and he was right I mean Alan Alan for us was like oh god I'm actually getting kind of emotional are you yeah <laughs> um he was just everything and more and not only for me Max and Maddie but because he didn't really have he didn't have kids so he He would really have he didn't really (laughs) he didn't have them you don't really not have kids (laughs) um he kind of 
dispelled all his knowledge and passion into so many young people. I have a really good friend of mine, you know, he gave her advice about being a playwright and now she's at Trinity doing a playwriting course. And it was, and it's kind of all these things that my young friends around me have started doing who knew Alan, there, there will always be a mention of him in their process of like why they kind of ended up doing it because he, he just really listened and invested in everyone and and really helped steer them creatively which yeah. i thought was incredible. at his memorial i mean it was really it became obvious there were just you know young actor after young actor coming up and saying alan it, changed it my life alan yeah. changed my life and i was like oh, i'm i'm not the only one yeah. there's a whole Tribe. bunch of us yeah it sounds like when you describe that that whatever losses there were in terms of pringle setups and mm. um, pickups are amply compensated by figures oh. like that a yeah, big time. Yeah. Agree. My mum is small and, and very cute, so she gets most of it. Barnacle Boy, Wide-Eyed Eagle, those go often to her. My two front teeth protruded out of my mouth, like completely diagonal. There was a day when my dad once called me the bottle opener because my face was like a bottle opener. So my sister called me Beaver or something. Uh, oh, oh, I forgot Beaver, 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 <laughs> Beaver, yeah. I think because I was the master of nicknames, the master was never... never we didn't talked, yeah. approach the throne. Question. Yeah. Thank you to Maddie and Marina. Thank you too to Tanita Tickerham, who let us use this amazing song. Sound design is by Nick Carter at Nick Sonics and digital production by Charlotte Griffiths. Next week, it's the Nike running coach, Corey Wharton Malcolm, and his little sister, Janine. They talk about identity, ideas of home, and how to take a stand. Thank you too for listening. If you want to see some really sweet pictures of Maddie and Marina or find out more about the podcast, head to relativelypodcast.com. of love and hate Stand by the fireside Now the rain may fall Your father's calling you You still feel safe inside Only your ma's too proud Your brother's ignoring you You still feel safe inside Oh, was it solo? Was it yesterday? Was it true for you? Cause while all the rest have taken time up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com